Saturday. What day is it today? Wednesday. Exactly. Welcome to Film Fight Club. I'm Glenn Falcon, Summer Falcon Screen, and we are joined by Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. Yo. And freelance writer and critic Farhat Nehru. Yeah, this is definitely the very first time we're recording this intro. Yeah, so uh, we recorded this intro twice, and uh, we couldn't make it through 30 seconds of the episode without something going wrong. So we'll see if how, uh, this one goes okay. But This is going to be fun. And if you're an extra big fan, if you mail us, we will send you the uh, cut Film Fight Club 30-second clips. They're really something. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're the blooper so, reel. So, Chris so hilarious. Me, Chris called me Grant. I did. I did. Uh, call is... Grant. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I called Glenn something that is not his name. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. So we are talking this week about Pieces of Woman, which is on Netflix. But before we do that, we want to talk about News of the Week, which is, of course, oh, my God, Robin Hood, AMC. AMC are back. Movie theaters in America have had a lifeline. It's a nice story, actually. Um, if you haven't been following this news. The only news that matters this week is that, well, this is, this is expressing a political view in this matter, but uh, a lot of oh, traders. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Look, a lot of people got together on Reddit, which, if you don't know, is the voice of the internet, and decided to screw over Wall Street hedge funds, in particular one who'd hedged $13.1 billion against GameStop and other, uh, by trying to short, and other places by trying to short them, one of which was AMC, and they beat them at their own game by organizing, um, which led to, if you want a real good explanation of this, is a hilarious parody of Right Hand Man from Hamilton talking about um, short squeezing. Anyway, AMC was one of the tra- uh, chains that did very well out of this. And while certainly the stock prices come down after ballooning, they are have had a bit of a boon as of late. I feel like this is the script of The Big Short 2, which we weren't told. Well, it's funny you say that because today the film writes for a yet to be written book about this project. Uh, sorry, about, yeah, uh, were acquired by MGM. So I mean, this, gr- this is a great story. This honestly. is a great story. I mean, this it is a good story, be better, than, but, better than Hustlers. But my initial thought was that this is not going to translate to a Hollywood film well at all. Well, yeah, we're going to have all the these scenes. Of, don't win, right? But no, but also like, how are you going to dramatize well all these scenes of people posting things on Reddit? You know what? The Reddit's been around for a while. Filmmakers get creative, do it. No, I'd love to I watch agree. a great dramatization of this. It could be a film, but I just can't see a Hollywood film with a with a moderate large budget made in the conventional style doing message boards well did it have to be a hollywood film like i'd prefer this as a great scrappy indie movie i'm sure some people who made some money would fund this and probably make a packet load it would be very funny if we can have a film about people at 4chan we can definitely have one about reddit so but that but you know that was a documentary and such that was um this could be a media documentary about what's the name of the film tfw no gf yeah Yeah. i think if you were making a a film about reddit you'd need to adopt some documentary type approaches you know like um i I think we've seen the so-called screen life films like unfriended um and searching it doesn't need to be like that it doesn't need to be like that um i i would prefer it not be like that i just think we haven't quite figured out how to dramatize stuff that's happening on the screen and um, how that integrates into people's life well on mass yet. So searching handled it pretty well, it, I'm going to say. Sevahanian, yeah, the it, director. Yeah, it it, it did. Um, but yeah, in in the case of how you're going to create drama out of mostly people who never see each other, mostly just typing things that and upvoting things. 
that's what that's how this thing gets going is it mostly going to be scenes of the stockbrokers tearing their hairs out like because th those have the more conventional person to person in a room drama going on but you can have these great scenes where like oh my god elon musk just tweeted about it game stonk it's on yeah you could have these great big dramatic hollywood moments but there's a fun way to dramatize people at their keyboards uh, yeah at it. i think we need to figure out more interesting ways to visualize, even text messaging, you know, like films the, always struggle with that. Um, Crazy Rich Agents in a well, or you could do the margin call perspective of it's all the guys getting screwed over. I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking before. Margin call is great. Freaking yeah. out. Margin call is actually better. I I'll put it out there. I love the big shot. I actually prefer margin call. Yeah. Margin call is very good for what it is. Um, it, it pulls off exactly what it sets out to do, I think. I mean, I mean I'm wondering, I mean, why, why do like physical protests get more drama than, let's say, people organizing stuff for a keyboard. I mean, this is the it's, future of protesting. It's not people going out in physical spaces as much. No, as, the future not, of protesting, not. actually, I think still is physical spaces. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Because the, um, if you think about protests lately that have actually caused anything to change, it's always people going out on the street. I, I think, um, if anything, we're feeding into the keyboard warrior, you know, like, it, it's okay just, you know, you've typed some messages, you made a difference, you know, type thing, if, you know, by thinking it's, that the future it, it, of protesting is on. Because what, what some kind of effort to organize a Facebook group. Sure, but this, it, but it, this it, is... it does take effort. And the look, this took, ye this group, Wall Street Bets have been around for a long time. Now they're in the mainstream media, but people have been pushing little bits here and there, and suddenly this was their big mm -hmm. moment. Honestly, I'd be fine with the story. I read a piece about some guy uh, about 20 years old who made 20 grand, paid off half his student debts. Let's have a movie from his and a few other perspectives. I Like a big short style, I'd be totally fine with that. Speaking of which, Michael Burry has actually uh, weighed in on this as a number of people who are involved in the big short films. So worth looking at those perspectives. Interesting. Um, not film related at all, but just briefly based on what Virat was saying. I feel like for online protests to work, they need to be disrupting something. And unless every, you know people en masse become good at DDoSing Facebook or something, um, you know, how are you going to actually disrupt anyone, force people to pay attention from behind your keyboard? The system's rigged against you. And Facebook you know? are ready for that. Yeah, we still have the power to to go out on the streets and block cars. And you know what, I would, but I, I would watch a film looking to see how people online can better create machines. There are some out there that are touching on the issue, but it's not something that's either been visually or narratively explored to the extent I would like. Film is still struggling to keep up with the contemporary world. Oh yeah, uh, the amount of stuff film, modern film wants it can still be solved by a cell phone mm -hmm. just being present. Yeah. Oh, God. Do you remember when Sherlock did text messaging and it was, everyone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Sherlock Holmes is sending a text message. Yeah. That was good, as a, a good example of how technology can be adapted into a film. My favorite texting scene is in um, Personal Shopper, where for oh, yeah. a large period of the film, it's just a person on a train texting another person and it actually works it, it works. actually yeah, sustains drama and tension you don't know who the other person is yeah but it, it was it the very simple visual approach actually worked so i think sometimes we tear our heads out like, how can we be more creative yeah like the but, actual creative stuff is you know sometimes simplicity simple. is yeah. the right keep approach it simple yeah. I, think, yeah. I think it's also hard because this particular story reddit i love reddit but it still has a look that is very much of several years ago by design and fairness. So it's something yeah. that how do we translate this to a model of audience who, again, most people that want to see this, films like this, they won't know what Reddit is or 4chan or any of these groups. Yeah, that's true. But um, just on the matter of saving AMC, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they made they made a whole bunch of money out of this. So um, for those who are unaware, AMC is the largest theater chain in America. So 
Um, they were on the verge of bankruptcy because of the prolonged COVID situation. You know, essentially they were being pushed towards bankruptcy after they were seen a as lot a- of Wall Street uh, traders were like, "Wait a minute, these guys, we can make some money off them going under. Probably a safe bet." Yeah, um, spent more time on Reddit, guys. But I really like how the general public has shown that it can band together to save the things we like. You know, people have said, "Hey, we like video games." We like movies. We don't want the, these things to be crushed by some Wall Street jerks. You know, like, let's do our bit to keep the things we love about this horrible existence that we're, we're inheriting going. It'll be a great movie. And please realize just how consequential a moment this is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's one of the few times when your big corporate behemoth is not winning against a little guy. Well, little guy is, I unless, guess. Unless they're the AMC. It's a war of attrition right now going on still between Reddit and uh, the Wall Street people. I'm sure Christopher Nolan is celebrating. It's like, yes, release it in the cinemas. I, <laughs> release sure. the crack. There's some, some... Nolan is loved on Reddit in fairness. Nolan, <laughs> Nolan would do some weird, like, Nolan would do a like Bane addresses Wall Street type <laughs> scenario out yes. of this. Wall Street is yours! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wall Street, re- Nolan would cast, um, <laughs> Nolan would cast the Redditors as the bad guy and have Bruce Wayne come in and said, you know, all the, the rabble. He made this to, in 2012 already. He did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, everyone's acting out the Wall Street scene from God, Dark Knight Rises. Oh dear. So yeah, uh, that's the our coverage of the internet. <laughs> Go look it up. <laughs> You're listening to Film Fight Club before. Go we... look up the internet. Yeah, yeah. You sure. might be listening to us on the internet. Um, I don't like the internet. Just, you know, turn on, turn on your radio. What are you doing? Yeah. Not this damn fangled technology. Yeah, we'll tell you how it is. Yeah, unfiltered. <laughs> um, you can't trust the internet. So before we get into pieces of woman, just quickly, I'm um, talking about a couple of things that are happening around town, which some of which you can find on the internet. The Environmental Film Festival Australia is streaming online until tomorrow night. The Japanese Film Festival doing um, a series of events uh, commencing yesterday in Sydney. The Art Gallery of New South Wales screenings they're doing are really cool. Like, there's yeah, some cool stuff been, on. They've always been great. Yeah. Um, so go to the Japanese Film Festival Classics. There's some really interesting, rarely screened movies on. And if you have a VPN, you might be able to access uh, other screenings from around the world, aka Sundance, which is happening right now as well. Oh, yeah. You're watching Sundance? Yeah, I am. I just came from seeing... Uh, Prisoners of Ghostland, the Nicolas Cage. Oh, you, the the answer, is it good? I, 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 I was talking to someone yesterday and saying things. it would be terrible. I think Shion Sono is very hit and miss. I, I love Shion Sono. But and, like, and English you know, language I already movies know are what, such a yeah, it's, it's very stumbling kitschy. block for... It's, 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 it's very kitschy. It's very, it's very him. And if you know what you're in for, you're enjoying it. It's, it's fun. Okay. It's cool. fun. It's, 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 you're not expecting a classic or a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, but it's fun. It's, it's a fun B-movie. film. Yeah. Sure, okay. I'm up for that. Yeah. Also happening around town, uh, Friday night, Sydney Short Film Festival is happening. And on Sunday, the Antenna Documentary Film Festival are having an event. They're having a series of one-offs. In addition to that, Moonlight Cinema, Sunset Cinema North Sydney, and Westpac Open Air Cinema are continuing to screen around Sydney. But for now, we're talking Netflix. Netflix movie. Yeah. This this is their Oscar push, right? I mean, this Um, is what I feel. I hope not. Yeah, I, I don't think any of their Oscar push movies have worked out for them this year. You know, the, the Mank um, was too niche for people to care. Yeah. Um, th- honestly, The White Tiger is the one that seems to be doing well with the general public and getting good reviews. I, so, I don't this, this is better than The White Tiger, and I don't think this should be an Oscar push I movie. En- I enjoyed this more than The White Tiger, um, but a lot of that might just... Sorry. 
switch that around. I enjoyed the White Tiger more. A lot of that might just be because of like subject matter and energy and stuff. No, no, I, I see you. This, this is actually yeah. dramatically very uninteresting after the first act. Yes, yes that's how that's I felt as well. Broadly, my view. Uh, so the film was about his piece as a woman. It is from director Colonel Mansturico. It is starring Vanessa Kirby, Shia LaBeouf, Ellen Burstyn, Benny Safdie. And Weirdly one, showing up here. Yeah, I, I wonder if the, the, the scene he was in, the most pro, scene he was in most prominently, was, to what extent it was ad-libbed. I'm very curious about that. He could, yeah. There's a funny bit. Um, we're really talking out of order for me to talk about some yeah. the one weird little quirky funny bit. But while we're on the subject of Benny Safdie, who I don't think is going to come up in this conversation again. Fair. Um, how funny is it when he talks about the, the priest saying... Um, you know, like, wow, he said something really deep. Time heals all wounds. Like, wow, man. Is this character meant to be, like, a com- yeah. just a complete idiot? Like, I, like, it was a very strange moment. Yeah, that, that whole sequence, it kind of stuck out at me because it's the only sequence where instead of one character talking and another character responding, there's a lot of free-flowing conversation. And it may have been because it was ad-libbed, but I yeah. think more pointedly, the direction just wasn't on the level for it's very it's much more straightforward to direct one person talking the shot reverse shot when there's a lot a lot more going on i don't think the film had the metal to cover it as well i think safety just kind of ventured from like link latest days and confused kind of a very stone, a different vibe stone a vibe into this kind of very self-serious <laughs> yeah. film <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> serious for good reason so um a very brief explanation serious is the word serious is the word that but it's also trying so hard to be like serious, which I don't understand why. So the subject matter of the film the, the, might give some clues. Yes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the story um, is very simply that it is about a couple played by Kirby and LaBeouf, who in the opening scene of the film um, they have a baby, and very short, extre- very shortly after the baby's birth, the baby dies. That is the plot story of the film. The plot, I'd argue, is a story about accepting loss and the ways you go about doing that i i didn't find anything about the film bad i didn't find too much about it especially good i found it um enjoy, interesting engaging in some respects um middling in others the problem with it is that there are two very distinct halves the first is slow and takes time to get into the little characters tell the story and the second half completely totally different is a lot of wow moments it's a lot of impact moments a lot of oscar moments oh, and it's trying God. to fit a lot in and we're looking at stylistically two just wholly different films between what is broadly a two-act film which is unusual for cinema too i suppose that's true um i guess the the narrative is mostly uninteresting so it, it's hard to point out like what's what are the big turning points in the narrative what are the act breaks and you know there really aren't many you're right but um i, I think the problem i had with it was there were a lot of characters uh, not kirby's but others who were sort of around her were making choices which i just did not understand why at that point in time there wasn't enough character development or psycho- psychological exploration for me to get oh this is why they're making these choices they just felt random all right, I know what you're referring to. There's nothing we can really discuss without spoilers. What I will say is I understand her mother's motivation, some of the things she said and did. As for, I think she what you was... were more pointedly referring to, which is the husband, I feel what the film touched on but could have gone into a lot more is making the issue of a loss 
analogous and coping with loss analogous with coping with addiction and relapsing. And I it didn't, didn't make the link strongly enough. It didn't make the link strongly enough, but I appreciated the link it was drawing. And while I think I could have spent more time with this character, I could have spent well, I could have spent a whole film in the style of the first half of the film. I I think it handled that okay, but not as she tells it could have. I think importantly, this is a film that set itself up, at least through the marketing, as a accountability story. Who's responsible for this? Whereas it's not a lot of what's going on, especially in the first half. It's mostly in terms of the actual arc of the film about the conflict between Kirby and Burston, her mother, right? Is it because her mother... Initi- the most interesting story. Yeah, her, her mother is the one who's obsessed with accountability and initiates this law case that um, Kirby is really not interested in um, throughout the film. Um, frankly, even though it's way more conventional, I would have loved to watch a legal drama about this. I would have loved to... Um, you know, if the spin of this film was the the courtroom, yeah, because you, the moral questions are far more interesting, which exactly. the film never really goes into. Exactly, and you you could still touch on um, because this film tries to make an atmospheric story a lot of the time until the the big Oscar-y I cry and scream moments around how Kirby's feeling, but it doesn't capture anything particularly new or interesting with that atmosphere. I don't think it tells you anything that we don't know about grief or about how people deal with losing a child. Um, that we don't know. For all it, it's in seriousness, I don't think it has the wisdom to share, to earn that really I'm teaching you a lesson kind of tone that, that it takes on. Like, wh- what do we actually learn out of this movie? We learn that grief makes people act abrasively sometimes, sometimes irrationally, um, makes it hard to connect with other people. We learn that sometimes bad things happen in life for no reason and you just have to accept them but we don't approach that from any kind of profound way. Actually, you're right. I think I think part of what you touched upon is this patronizing undertone that the film adopts as if, let me tell you how these characters are feeling and how you might feel if you undergo, let's say, a loss. This is this kind of finger-wagging thing going on, which is not apparent, but it's still there. And it still tries to convince you that this is how you should be feeling. Uh, and because of that, you should be on the side of Vanessa Kirby's character. It's like it tries so hard you to sort of like push you into one corner. Like, you know, now you should be supporting Vanessa Kirby's character. How could you not? Look at how much she's gone through. All right, I don't agree. I don't think the film is patronizing. I think the film is depicting a particular circumstance where a particular character experienced this. What I found more authentic was the moments, they were almost all in the first half, where a character encounters someone. Uh, most of the film takes place very shortly after the loss of a child, and she's seeing all these quite authentic reactions. Some people just don't know how to handle it. Some people try to approach it too head-on. Some people try to be too indirect. I think that's very real. Um, the I, I agree I, on that, and that it's, it's such a delicate situation to handle, and people can't really find a way to do so. I just didn't find the dramatization of those scenes particularly new. No, I didn't find them especially new, but I don't see that too often in cinema. I think a lot of cinema traditionally is focused on the big moments that you see in the second half of the film, but those are more complicated to get, complemented again by a broader drama, whether it be a courtroom drama, whether it be a relationship drama. And here, um, there were several relationship dramas. We haven't even talked about the relationship with the husband, which I think the film thinks is the core part of the film, but really isn't the emotional crux of the movie. The characters just aren't that interesting. Like, LaBeouf, um, he's gives a good intense performance that you would expect from him, but his character doesn't really actually have that much yeah. to him. There's no 
I wouldn't say there's any bad actors in this film. Molly Parker, um, who spent years on House of Cards, is very good. They're just not very fleshed out characters. I think, with, especially with Nessa Kirby, I think you get a bit of her, but not so much given she's in the lead. It, it, as this is a character-driven drama, we want to know about this person, why they would react in this way. Uh, we get a little bit about LaBeouf's history because he, we know he relapsed, but we don't get nearly so much about um, Kirby, how she relies on whether it be a professional life or else. Mm-hmm. I would have liked more detail. And again, I would have liked an extended version of the first half of this film. And as you say, the... LaBeouf character is the, um, I think the film thinks, most important secondary character when really the arc was about the Ellen Burstyn character and that was more interesting. But even she, I don't think, was an interesting enough character because I found her depiction too um, one note for the most part in that she's pretty much just consistently awful until we get an Oscar moment where she explains, you know, essentially tells the camera... Um, feel sorry for me because I have a tragic Holocaust backstory. Right. So on the- and it, 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 yeah, I, I just find that approach so so cheap. Like you can write things in one way, but then there's the big reveal as it's, opposed it's to deliberately manipulative. Exactly. I found yeah. it so deliberately manipulative, and the way that scene was shot, where it's like now it's my Oscar time, so the camera comes in for the close up after it's been prowling around. Uh, I, yeah, too right. manipulative. So I think the film from a dramatic perspective. I wouldn't just at this moment. And I agree it's an Oscar moment. I wouldn't describe it so much as manipulative as being heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's trying to be... Point, I, I think it's liberally pointed. I think it's just a lack of filmmaking finesse in this regard. On the matter of the subject matter, um, there are several times throughout the film, um, once when they're at the gravestone and once later in the film where um, this conversation happens, and I think a couple of other instances where they allude to very conspicuously the character's religious and particularly Jewish heritage. Um, this is a particular point in the film. I thought, okay, a lot of disobedience which handle the subject very well. Are they going to go into specifically how a, a Jewish American family might handle this? And what I'm about to say, it's not so much a criticism and observation, but there's a lot of very interesting material here because certainly um, Jewish people have a different way of... Um, for a formalized, different formalized grief process than other many other communities and individuals. And it's not a part of it. It's not a part of the film. There's nothing so particular, unlike a film like Disobedience, where we could have learned so much more, where we could have said this, how this character is processing this. It's very generalized in how we see um, these, uh, with, with a couple of occasions about this, Kirby's character, it's very generalized in how we see characters processing. Nothing particular, just because we don't know much about these characters. I wish we did. The more you talk about it, the more I hate the scene I was just talking about with Ellen Burstyn because you can't just insert the Holocaust suddenly in one scene because it's going to, oh, that'll make you think differently about this character and then have Jewishness have no bearing on the rest of the story. You can, but it, it just makes it seem even more cheap. Like we just this element just appeared out of nowhere when it was convenient for the script. I mean, it's that hillbilly elegy problem all over again, right? We you just use gravitas for the sake of it without setting it up or contextualizing how that plays into the story. Mm-hmm. And and part of the problem itself is uh, there are characters, I mean, Shia LaBeouf's character is a classic example. Uh, you think that he would play a much more major role in the narrative than he actually ends up playing. And uh, so I just didn't know where the narrative was going. It's pretty confused in terms of what people we were supposed to be uh, front and center of the, this whole drama and what people were secondary in the end. Just before we get on to Shia LaBeouf, just to finalise a a discussion on the um, previous um, on that scene with Ellen Burstyn I think that it's fine, 
I don't have a when I say generalized, just want to be clear. I don't have a problem with the film um, talk being general in a sense that it is relatable. I think there is power, and we talked about this with Justice Disobedience last year, in telling a very particular story. I think that when you make it too um, generalized, when you don't invest in a particular character, you lose a lot of its impact, and I think, or you lose in a particular character, and I feel that's what happened here. I'm um, just on the Ellen Burstyn story. I think what the film was trying to get, and I think it could thought it could get at it by inserting this story was two themes. One, the very basic idea of sacredness of all life, which is integral to Judaism and other religions too. And also the idea of forgiveness and moving on, which is a central theme in the film. I wish those, again, I just wish it had been explored otherwise than just dropping this one admittedly very impactful speech, but that stands alone in its reckoning with these ideas. I'm such a cynic these days that for me, it wasn't even impactful. I just went, oh yeah, here's the Oscar speech. Not unfair. <laughs> I, I, I think it was good because of Burstyn. She's great. I, I think, she sells I, I think it. If she wasn't, if it wasn't Ellen Burstyn or another of her caliber, yeah. it'd just be, oh, this is in poor taste. I think because of her, she rendered it not, I don't believe it was in poor taste. And a lot of it comes down to her performance. Did you guys feel similarly aggravated by all the symbolism about seeds? You know, like, oh, saplings, things grow. Oh, I'm, I'm staring at a seed now because my baby died. Just felt, again, like very heavy-handed and on the nose as a symbol. I mean, uh, Minari used that kind of symbolism, right? Yeah, but, but Minari it, it did a lot to... better. It is also and, about and there were issues know, with Minari, and there were yeah, issues even in they, the way Minari did it. Yeah, yeah, but you know, seeds and saplings are about growth, bonding, family. You know, it represents that kind of branches, and you know, where where does it grow mm. from? And you just know. just the bit where she's on the she eats an apple, um, apples yeah, later yeah, on turned yeah, out yeah. to have more symbolism. Yeah, but then yeah. she stares down at the seed, like, oh, this is really meaningful. And then she's she's getting books about saplings and growing things, growing seeds and stuff. And, just, and I want to, and I I get it. This could have been Hedwig because I think in a person. Um, for, who's in a, such an emotionally vulnerable situation or otherwise could take, and fair enough, extraordinary meaning in very elemental symbols like this. And I think when a film attempts to convey a message through metaphor, as we discussed with Minari, it can just be very loud and very obvious and take you out of the film. I think if we'd explored her psyche in this regard as to why this was important for her, again, a little bit of detail about her, we could have just spent an entire couple of films, an entire film, excuse me, watching her wander around and take it day by day. I think that would have been fine. And if that symbolism had meaning for her, fine, great. But that's not what this film was. Because it just comes in and it's the, it, those are some of the only scenes in the latter half as it starts getting absorbed by big moments when we take time out to spend time with her and take in that atmosphere. So if we were doing that more, it wouldn't feel just so transparently manipulative as, oh, we cut to like, oh, the seeds, the symbol. I mean, there are three or four films here, right? In this one film, essentially. Are we watching like a film? focus. Yeah. Are we watching a film about someone recovering from loss and grief? And Are we watching the story about the, her family and how they relate to her? Are we yeah. watching the story about the, the addiction, legal addiction? And, and, you know, that kind of parallel. Are we watching how the, how the, a courtroom how a, drama? Yeah, courtroom legal... drama, how a marriage breaks down. Or are we watching a movie about all of these things? Which kind of like, I think the Netflix picks this year have been just that. Even a Mac bit, had a yeah, similar unfocused. problem, which is just like, you know, it's about everything. But what about story are you telling? Yeah, yeah. you know? It's... And it's just from a dramatic perspective... I don't know what legal procedure is like in, I think it was Minnesota where they were. Massachusetts. Massachusetts, excuse me. Um, and it, it could very well be that prosecutors and others are allowed, that everyone 
both sides are allowed to ask such leading questions. The way it was staged just doesn't permit that much drama. And it's because it only permitted a lot of the time, yes, no answers from a lot of the people on the stand. It just wasn't very good courtroom drama, which then thought it could be dramatic with one particular speech, which again, just felt like here's another Oscar moment. There are moments designed to play sizzle reels for the Golden Globes and else, and nakedly so. Have you noticed that we haven't spoken anything about the visuals of this film, basically? That's because it's just so drab and unimaginable. It's very flat. Camera, it's just... Yeah, it's like the camera is constantly prowling around on a steady cam between things, I think, to try and invest some kind of energy into this. It worked in the opening scene. It did, but that was a very specific context and a specific situation. Um, and in there, it was because of LaBeouf running around, like, what do I do, what do I do, and the midwife running around. Um, the rest of the film, when it tries to approach that, it's not really motivated by anything. To be clear, the opening scene has a Birdman style, uh, looks like it's attempting an actual single shot, even though there are moments, um, Rogue style, where it cuts. To be, but I think oh, it was actually handled well. It's not actually the opening scene, but it's the pre credit scene, to be specific. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I, that's about all there is to say on yeah, Faces I mean, I, I remember when I saw it back at TIFF, uh, I, I find it very hard to recommend it to you guys, and I was just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I wouldn't recommend it yeah. to anyone. I don't think many people will find enjoyment out of it. It's a very drab film. I think you, there needs to be a bit more. We're not talking about for the subject matter. We're talking yeah. about for its the delivery. Yeah, the treatment is, yeah. That's right. And I think even when you approach really serious subject matter, you need to find something to liven it up. So that is Pieces of Woman. It is streaming now on Netflix. So we'll be back next week talking, I think, the dry Australian movie. Um, stay tuned for The Sonic Assassin. Uh, check out the City Film Festival, Wong Kar Wai, Respected at the Art Gallery. Dendi Newtown now. And Dendi Newtown. Yep. Uh, there's a few different open-air cinemas happening, which are a lot of fun. Japanese Film Festival, Antenna, and the City Short Film Festival happening this weekend. There's been Glenn Falks, and Chris Evans, and Rat Nehru. Stay safe, stay well, have a wonderful weekend, and enjoy movies. Good night. Bye.